0: Hey, everyone, and welcome back to the Daily Bailey podcast, bringing you your daily dose of Brady this week. As we've all seen in the media, Tom Brady has officially announced his retirement, and I think it's only fair to give the goat some airtime this week. So today we're going to be taking a dive into the career of Tom Brady and his journey of mental health. Stay tuned to the end of the episode, where I answer listener questions of the week that were submitted on my Instagram page, The Daily Bailey Podcast. If you don't already follow, head over to Instagram and click that follow button on The Daily Bailey Podcast Instagram page. All right, guys, let's get into it. Brady is in short, a stud. We all know this. He is a seven-time Super Bowl champion and five-time Super Bowl MVP. He has set numerous NFL records, including most Super Bowls won, most Super Bowl MVPs, most career quarterback wins, and most career passing completions, just to name a few. That's incredible. But I want to take a look at Brady before the fame, before the Pats, before the Fortune, before Giselle even, I know. Back to just a kid from California going to the University of Michigan to play some football. So while Brady played at U Michigan, he played from 1995 to 1999. He was actually seventh on the depth chart for the first two years he was there. But after fighting for the QB1 spot for two years, he finally made it happen in 1998. Then he was named All-Big Ten Honorable Mention both seasons and was the team captain his senior year determination. One word to describe him, determination. But even Brady struggled mentally during college. He reportedly saw a sports psychologist for anxiety and frustration and even considered transferring to University of California, Berkeley. In an interview with Howard Stern, he even said that the psychologist, quote, helped him become a man, not a victim. Now, I think this is super important for someone of Tom Brady's stature to be able to speak out about seeing a psychologist. There's this victim culture that admitting weakness isn't manly. And for someone of Tom Brady's fame and social stature, that's huge that he's able to admit that. And I think for athletes in general, I think sports psychology can be extremely beneficial because as athletes, we have to deal with a plethora of anxieties and pressures externally and internally. I know as an athlete, I put a tremendous amount of pressure to perform my best every single game, every single lift, every single practice, every single speed training. And we are also feeling the pressure from our coaches. I mean, I know when I look on social media and I see the ESPN highlight reels, I'm like, well, I want to be featured on that. Who wouldn't want to be featured on that? And it pushes you extra, extra, extra until you reach your breaking point. And I, that's where I feel like sports psychology can really come in handy. And you're not a victim. As you know. Tom Brady said, it helped him become a man, not a victim. So I think that's really important to remember. Another... Another really important piece of information that I did through my research is that with successful athletes, I think we often forget where they came from. And quarterback being such a competitive position, I researched that only 1.2% of college quarterbacks will get drafted into the NFL, 1.2%. And that's an immense amount of pressure when you're competing for not only your career, but your life against your teammates. You're competing for to set yourself up for the rest of your life with getting into the NFL. And so a recent Sports Illustrated article actually just came out and said that since August 1st of 2021 to 2022, college the college transfer portal, more than 1,400 FBS, which is the Football Bold Subdivision, which is basically a list of 130 NCAA Division I schools, there's been 1,400 FBS players in the portal. That's 11 players per school. 11 players per school. And I totally understand that football is a different sport. It's a bigger team. You know, it's, it's very specific on positions and things like that, and it could be very competitive, but that's still 11 players out of that list of 130 schools. Now, let's just take a moment to think about that. We are in a day and age where sports is a primary, primary, primary example of taking care of ourselves we need to take care of ourselves physically is is basically the culture of today's society and the fact that these athletes are feeling the pressure and not and feeling like they're not living up to the expectations that they have set from themselves that their coaches have set from them for themselves at these schools shows you know that they're forced to transfer their only option is forced to transfer. I know one of my friends is looking into transferring right now because she doesn't feel valued at her school. And being valued as an athlete is one thing, but being valued as a person and a player is another thing. And I don't know about the culture of um, football teams at these high division one schools. I'd love to learn more, but I want to know if these players are being you know, commodified as simply players simply there to do their job. You know, some of them are being you know, paid to go there on scholarship. Are these coaches taking into account these players' mental health? Are they doing mental health check-ins? Are they doing mindfulness? I mean, I know personally for me, yoga is a great resource for mindfulness. It helps me get centered for both tennis and field hockey. Um, tennis is such a mental game that I feel like being centered through yoga and breathing is really helpful for me. I mean I'd like to see, you know, these big Division 1 football programs implement this, implement some sort of mental health moments trainings things like that. And I don't think that it should be looked at as something that should be victimized. I mean, it helped Tom Brady become a man. Let's go back to that. It helped him become a man and not a victim. Another thing that I think is really important is the culture of cross training. I think a lot of times, you know, this this transfer portal is filling up really quick. What does that look like for players who play multiple sports at maybe the Division 3 level? I mean, I play field hockey and tennis at Bowdoin College, and it is such a rewarding experience. I really love playing two sports, and I've always played multiple sports because it allows you to cross-train and develop new skills and work in both team and independent environments. So... I want to know what these coaches are implementing cross-training-wise. Are the football players getting into the pool? Are they mixing up their training? I mean, I know Tom Brady in his interview with Howard Stern talked about his frustration and anxiety and, and pressure that he put on himself to reach that QB1 position spot at the University of Michigan. Well, I wonder if cross-training would have helped kind of ameliorate some of his anxiety. Would have would cross-training, you know, getting into the pool, doing a couple laps, would maybe, you know, running instead of just constantly getting reps throwing passes, you know, implementing, yes, film and of course things like that, but maybe some more I mean, I don't want to say fun team activities, but lighthearted team activities that take the players away from the game. Because we all know what we do off the field translates to what we do on the field, and I think that's super important. So one more thing I want to talk about is the status quo. There is this pressure for athletes that I, I predict could be contributing to this high, high number of transfer portal applications. And it could be the fact that athletes at school are forced to stay in the status quo. We all know at the Division I level, the academic uh, majors and minors that athletes are allowed to take or permitted to take is extremely limited. If you want to go to nursing school or you want to be pre-med, the labs conflict with practice. I mean, that could really contribute to this, this increase in portal transfers. And so I'm wondering... If athletes are staying in the status quo and they have to stay, you know, in this mindset of I am an athlete before I'm a student, what's the NCAA going to do about that? And that's a part of balancing not only your mental health, but also your social health. If your only friends are are on your team, you know you might get sick of each other after a while. I mean, I've always thought of my teams as families i I really love having close bonds with my teammates, but you can get sick of each other after a while after every single meal, every single you know six a m workout together and then five to seven thirty practice time and you know you can get sick of people who you're spending constant time with. And that's not how it should be. We should have the freedom to make friends with other athletes, non-athletes. I, for example, I'm gonna join the chamber choir at school and I'm super excited to meet people who aren't athletes. I love my athlete friends, but how I learn and how I become a better person is learning from different perspectives. And if I'm around, you know, the same, you know, you know, same field hockey players all the time, I'm not gonna learn and grow my perspective. All right, guys, we're going to shift gears from Brady to Bailey, and I'm going to move to our new segment called Questions of the Week. Thank you all so much for submitting your questions to my Instagram page, the Daily Bailey Podcast. That's the, just T-H-E-D-A-I-L-Y-B-A-I-L-E-Y podcast on Instagram. For more content and updates, follow that account. Or my personal, which is Bailey underscore P-R-E-T-E. That's P-R-E-T-E. All right, without further ado, let's get into questions of the week. All right, so the first question is, what is your most memorable sports moment? Oh my gosh. Okay, so I've had so many memorable sports moments from watching and playing just because I love to watch sports as well, but I'm going to share a personal one. Um, so in high school, there was this, all my field hockey players, you will know this shot. It's called the reverse chip. And I went to a camp and I saw this girl doing this trick and I was amazed. I was like, I don't think I'm going to be able to do that, but I want to. And I made it my goal. Like this summer, I think it was the summer going into my sophomore year of high school. I said, this summer, I'm going to learn this shot and perfect it. And I went out to this field and I bought a bucket of balls and I went out to this field and I just worked on this shot. It's like a reverse lunge and you chip the ball. It can go high or low. And it's, it's really cool. It looks really cool. I'd look it up um, if you guys want to check it out. And I wanted to perfect this shot So I worked all summer and I actually came back to high school and I told my coach, I said, I was so excited. I worked all summer on this shot. I really want to perfect it. And she said, you know, well, that's great. You know, you, you learned the value of work ethic, but you know, you, that shot isn't really, it's not really going to be used, especially in high school field hockey. So it was kind of a waste of time. And I thought, oh my gosh, I just wasted my whole summer perfecting this shot, really working on field hockey. And so I went into into the season thinking, I really wanna score on this shot. So we were playing, I'm not gonna say the school, but we were playing one of our competitors and it was overtime. So we were overtime, I think we were tied like 2-2. And my teammate, my awesome teammate, she dribbles down the side of the field and overtime in field hockey, there's only seven um, people on the field. So you're gassed, you're super winded after playing the full game. And she passed me the ball, and I remember just doing a pull. I pulled the ball to my left, and I just, I hit the reverse chip as hard as I can, just kind of a Hail Mary moment, wanting to get it in. Long story short, it scored, and that was one of the best career moments Um Another one was when we beat um, this rival school that was super good and we never thought that we could beat them and we beat them on senior day in overtime again and that was an awesome team win. So, you know, the overtime, the overtime moments are just always awesome. What do you like to do for exercise other than field hockey and tennis? Okay. This is a loaded question. (laughs) Um, so I do have a dog. I have a golden doodle. His name is Bodie. He is super cute and I, I miss him so much. I'm at school right now and I miss him very much, but I love to walk him, run him, um, I'll play like soccer with him. He loves to play with little ball. Um, I also have been really getting into Bikram yoga. I've always loved yoga, but um, when I go home, I try to do Bikram yoga, which is like hot yoga. And you walk out of that class, let me tell you, it's like you jumped into a pool. You you are sweating so much, but it is so worth it. Um, I love to try any new fitness classes, um, paddle boarding, fishing. I love to run on my own. I don't know if it's just me, but does anyone else, I need you guys to tell me in the comments, does anyone else go on like mental health runs? Like when, when I feel like I need to get some anger or frustration out, I go on a run. I come back. I'm a new person. I'm a new Bailey. So, so those are, um, my favorite kind of exercises to do other than field hockey and tennis. But right now, you know, we're in season. So we're following that, um, regimen. All right. The last question is why did you start your podcast? Which That's an awesome question. So I am really interested in sharing my experience with other people, but also giving voices to those who don't have a voice. And I feel like mental health, um, especially mental health correlating with sports, isn't a super um, prevalent topic. I mean it's definitely there's definitely a lot of light being shed on it nowadays, especially with Simone Biles pulling out of the Olympics. That was a huge topic. But I think it's really important to kind of combine my love of journalism and talking with people and my love of sports because it's it's a huge part of my life. And I am an aspiring broadcaster and journalist. So I think this will really help prepare, you know, combining my love for broadcasting, talking with people, meeting new people, and my love of sports. So thank you guys so much. Those were the questions of the week. We will be doing this segment again, and I really hope that you guys submit them. Again, hit the follow button on my Instagram page, which is the Daily Bailey Podcast, and I look forward to seeing you guys and hearing from you guys next week. Thank you so much, guys.